Who is God? What does the Bible mean? Why am I lying? What is God's will? I want to understand. Reconnect. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Reconnect, the official podcast of Shinshanji, or in English, New Heaven, New Earth. Once again, you are joined with me, Ray. I'm very happy to be here. I know that you can't see it, but it is a very nice uh, early afternoon, and I'm, I'm having the sun shine on me directly as I speak into this mic and deliver today's episode to you. So I'm in a pretty good mood, and I really hope that you are too, and that you are able to well, really, that the both of us are able to have a really good time as we go through today's episode, because I do have something that's actually been on my heart, and I've been going through the topic of change, you know, starting out talking about the new year, you know, and into the, the first few months of the new year, um, and the reasons why we should change, and more importantly, why God changes. We talked about in our previous episode about how God has changed his plan in order to accomplish his goal. His goal of ultimate goal, of course, is reconnection with us. And so throughout the history of the Bible, physically and spiritually, <laughs> we've seen a lot of changes take place. We've seen laws that were made in the Old Testament completely be turned into a different direction in the New Testament. And why is that? It's because of the changes that God makes. He would do anything possible to make sure that his goal is accomplished, that nothing interferes with that goal. So looking back into the Old Testament and seeing the covenants, you know, these agreements that he made with his people in the past and how they couldn't keep those, God knew that he had to make a change to his plan. Otherwise, the same result was going to keep happening. And the real question then for us as believers today, what are we going to do when we see these changes happening, when we realize, when we learn, when we understand the changes that God has made, has made, will we follow them or will we continue with our traditions, what we're used to, the things in the past that are no longer relevant? Changing ourselves is how we, physical beings, express our love for God, a spiritual being. Let's look at John chapter 14. In verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. In verses 23 and 24, he says, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, it says, But if anyone obeys his word, Love for God is truly made complete in them. You see, it's easy to say, I love you. Many of us say it every day in different circumstances, right? But the Bible tells us that love is complete with action. Words alone aren't enough. You see, when we think about God's commands, especially as believers, and let's be honest here, there have been times in our lives, especially for myself, I'll definitely speak of myself here too, where it looks like his commands are really like the authoritative whims of like some kind of dictator, right? Or a child like, you know, making some kind of tantrum or something. This, of course, is a huge mistake and a way that God has been slandered unfairly. You see, the reason why 
it's easy for humans to have this perception is that because many people have misunderstood the spiritual meanings God has communicated to people over time. These meanings can only be understood from God's perspective. That is the perspective of God's own end goal. Today, we can understand why some of the commandments in the past might have seemed arbitrary. But, you know, I think that we all would like to have an understanding of that, too. So I definitely want to encourage if, you, if you've had that thought, like I've had in the past as well, you know, please, we have an opportunity to to come and study with us. And, and definitely it's usually something I reserve for the end of the episode, <laughs> but definitely come and take the opportunity to, to study with us. And you can send us a message and email anytime if that's something that you'll be interested in. But the reason why I refer to this is because I think it's important for us as believers to take a quick diagnostic on our faith from time to time. Right. So let's think about the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we have so many laws and rules described in Deuteronomy or Leviticus. Right. And when we look at these laws and think about the kind of lives we read about believers living in the New Testament or even believers, Christians today. Which of the commandments God gave to his people seem weird to you? you know, feel free to let us know again. <laughs> Email. Anytime. We definitely love to hear them. It could be a some, something we use for a future episode. I'm, I'm very curious. But uh, more importantly, for right now, let's recognize the fact that if God gives a commandment that seems weird to us, this illustrates something that's very important. It points to the fact that we have a misunderstanding of God's heart in giving such a commandment. See, God is not out there to do things arbitrarily. Everything he does, every rule he makes, and we were talking about changes in our previous episode, two, previous two episodes, actually. He does these things all for a reason. None of them are just random. He has a reason for telling us that he wants us to do things in a certain way. So if we don't understand God's intentions, how can we trust him? Hmm. If we can't trust God, <laughs> something's wrong here. So let's think about human relationships. Many people might say that the backbone of a human relationship is trust. You know, some might say it's love. I say these things go hand in hand, but really all human relationships hinge on trust. This is the same whether it's with friends or family. It really doesn't matter. Love and trust go hand in hand. Now, thinking about relationships that have no trust we automatically think of them as toxic. We put them in that category. Why? They cause us deep distress, worry. We have these negative thoughts running in our heads. See, the, the, the result is real emotional and psychological scars. When we look at modern psychology, right? And, I, and admittedly, this is something <laughs> I'm no expert on, but bear with me here. But when we look at it, even from a tiny level, right? There are so many examples that we can see around the world of people who engage in trustless relationships who often do so because they lacked self-love. Hmm. Think about it. As believers, and speaking honestly here, our approach to a topic like this shouldn't be based on the advice of, of some self-help book <laughs> or someone's uh, series or guru's bestseller, right? 
But we would be foolish to believe that just because an idea seems to originate from a place that is other than the Bible, that it must be incorrect. This is where discerning comes in and why it's so important. We're called to discern what is truth and what is not. So let's break this down for a little bit. As Christians, the Bible is our standard for what God's will is for us. The Bible describes the tireless, generations-long effort that God has put into the ongoing work of liberating His creation. That's the desire of His heart, that reconnection with His creation, with us. Liberating creation from the current state that it's in, the state that it's been in since way back in Genesis chapter 3. The authority of Satan, the devil, the serpent, the serpent, whatever your name you want to want to use, this adversary. God is our perfect and holy creator, and so he loves his creation. That's you. That's me. If God loves us, should we not be able to recognize that we are precious to him? Now, for some people, the idea of love seems quite intense, right? Let's make it a little bit easier. You and I are here. We exist within the universe and in the world that God has worked for 6,000 years to save. So we should at least respect the value that God sees in us. Even if we still struggle to really love the person we see in the mirror. <laughs> that can be tough, if we're being honest. We can think of this as a healthy self-respect, right? This kind of self-respect is the foundation necessary for trust in any relationship. People who have self-respect don't put themselves in situations and relationships where their trust is repeatedly broken or their boundaries are not respected. You see, we have this thing. And and you'll have you'll have a thought in your head the moment I say what it is, but tough love. Tough love is refusing to put up with behavior that crosses our boundaries or pushes us into positions where we feel uncomfortable, compromised, whatever. Now, we still feel love for people who treat us in a negative way. Maybe you can reflect on your own past experiences. I can myself as well. But out of respect for ourselves, we don't take on the consequences of their choices or continually accept their disrespect of our values. What this kind of tough love means is that we play a role in the consequences of the other person's choices. Now, that could be by refusing to bail them out of a sticky situation or just by making the choice to move on and seek and build a more healthy relationship in which we are given the respect that the other person couldn't give us the respect we deserve. Something important to note here is that uh, tough love, uh, I think some people might often make the mistake of thinking of it as something that's vindictive, and it's not, really. True tough love is not an I told you so attitude. True tough love is still love, but it's grounded in and focus on the well-being of the other person. If we are being vindictive, that's more about puffing ourselves up, 
expanding our egos. That's not love. That's insecurity. But where is all this taking us? What question are we building with all this lead up? What about our relationship to God? Let's take a look at it. As mentioned earlier and in previous episodes, God is moving forward towards his goal of the restoration of his creation. That's reconnection with you and me. And much like the process of diagnosis and the surgery that follows that, there's a process of isolating and removing the corrupting element. Spiritually, this element is the influence of the spirit who, through his deception of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, came to corrupt all of God's previous creation. We see back in Genesis chapter 3, that sin that Adam made, that was a process that brought corruption into God's perfect creation. Something that God has been fighting to fix, to restore, to make sure that bond is reconnected and never severed ever again. Now, our relationship with God, our creator, this relationship should be one of love. But there's a problem here. Human love is not spiritual love, right? We can really equate human love in many cases as some kind of chemical reaction. You know, this is, this is just straight up science. A chemical reaction in our brains. When we, many of the things that we think about when we think about love, many examples we might give, a lot of this is just a part of the physical world. So how can we express that love to our God who is spirit, who is not physical like you and me? Well, earlier I pointed out, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. You see, that's where the word comes into it. God is a spirit, yes, but he has revealed himself to us through his word. We can see this in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. By following the word, and aligning ourselves with God's plans, the same plans that are described in this word, we express our love and support for what he is doing. Something that otherwise, none of our physical acts, our physical ways that we try to express love as humans, could ever truly express. By having faith in what he promises us through his word, and by acting on that, that's how we demonstrate our trust in him. And you see, trust, love and trust actually hand in hand. This is the foundation of all healthy relationships. What Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 23 and 24, this is him essentially telling us that God holds us to the same standard we hold people in our own relationships. Now, this might be surprising for many people because often, whether we want to admit it or not, we have pretty high standards usually. Our standards, we keep really high when it comes to friends, when it comes to romantic relationships, whatever. We have a standard that we hold and we usually keep to it. What might be strange for us is thinking that God has standards of his own. We expect the people who love us to respect our boundaries. We want loyalty. 
So we, we want them to be loyal to us and to not break our trust. We expect support from them. And God expects the same thing of us. And now you might be thinking, Ray, no, I'm sorry. I completely disagree. No, let me pause. Let me think about this for a second and come back to it. No, because God is supposed to love me, to accept me, to have a relationship with me, regardless of what state I'm in, regardless if I've read the Bible, regardless if I have an understanding of anything that's in the Bible. God is supposed to take me as I am, right? How many times has that idea, that narrative, been something that we've accepted as a core part of our faith. But the Bible tells us differently. Just like you and me, God has a standard and he has to have that standard met. Regardless of how much we might want to express our love to him in a way that's suitable for us. Think about this. This is why understanding God's word is so important. Think about the way that you would love to um, have love expressed to you. Things that you like in your life. Now think about the people in your life that you love. When you express your love for them, do you do things that you like? Or do you do things that you know would mean a lot to them? Expressing your love for your mom by playing eight hours of video games when the seat is full of dishes might not be the most effective way. Trust me, I know from experience. It's the same with God. As humans, we often have distorted views of ourselves. You know, going back to that whole idea of looking at ourselves in the mirror and <laughs> either liking or disliking or, or thinking about whether we can accept what we see in a reflection. Now, while we might not always act with the same self-love and respect that we deserve, God has no such shortcomings. If we look at the history of the Bible, we can see that God loves everyone, but his standards, his tough love, there are some things we should be aware of here. In Mark chapter 7, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And remember, the, the Pharisees, the spiritual leaders, the people that were supposed to be the experts of the law, completely devout group, right? Claiming that they were loyal to God. When Mark chapter 7, verses 8 to 9, Jesus rebukes them saying, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. In 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 to 5, Paul writes to Timothy and warns him about a group of people who might appear within the congregation of believers. Although these people, according to his description, do not sound like they are genuine in their pursuit of a deep relationship with God at all. Paul tells Timothy that these people are having a form of godliness, but denying its power. I think that God's tough love can be summed up in a few ways. These are worth thinking about. So as described in Hosea chapter six, verse seven, when Adam's generation broke their covenant with God in Genesis chapter three, God moved on and chose a new person. Noah. He made a new covenant with Noah in Genesis chapter 9 because God's plan, always moving forward, is to recover his creation. But then when Noah's generation, just like Adam's, became corrupted, tried to become like God, 
and build a tower that would reach to heaven in Genesis chapter 11. God scattered them and later on chose Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Now, after Abraham demonstrated that he was a person who supported and trusted God like a friend, God used his descendants to bring about a nation whom he promised would be a royal priesthood and a holy nation for him. You see this in Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 to 6. If they would just obey and keep the covenant, always going back to that covenant. This brings us back to Hosea chapter 6, verse 7, because the message of Hosea was in fact to these people who, like Adam, broke the covenant. Here's the bottom line. God's love is unconditional. Yes, it is. As we can see in Genesis chapter 6, though, when people betray him, he is grieved, just like we might be when people betray us. One thing important for us to remember, though, is that while his love may be unconditional, his covenants are not. We must remember the time that we're living in. What is a covenant we should keep? What are the commandments we need to follow today? If we aren't sure, if we aren't certain, how can we effectively express our sincere love for our Creator? As described in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, history is given to us as a sign and as a warning. Well, what do we do with that warning? Are we using it to avoid the pitfalls which causes the people in the past fall short of God's goal. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, it tells us that God's judgment begins with those who are within his house. This is referring to people like you and me who claim to be believers, believers who love God. This isn't anything new. It was the same in each spiritual generation that came before us. So, what will God's tough love look like for us if we fall short of the standard set in his word? Mm. If you're listening to this message and you feel like, wow, this is a lot and this is heavy. <laughs> that's okay. There are a few things I'd like for you to remember. You know? If this sounds scary and harsh to you, it might be because you're misunderstanding some of God's word. It's okay. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if this seems neither easy nor light to you, please contact us. Just like I said earlier, anytime, send us a message. Because we have study groups that are specifically designed to help clear up everything and help you realize how to walk in the promises God has for us and keep his covenant. But if this sounds scary or harsh to you, that's okay too. You might be feeling God through his living word and spirit inviting you to take another look at how you're living your life of faith. That self-reflection, that's key. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 10 to 13 says, Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No 
Discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And that is 100% true. <laughs> Reflecting on my, my own childhood growing up and even as a young adult, right? Discipline is never fun. But let me tell you something. It is worth it. That might sound very familiar to those of us who had mothers and fathers who said something similar, but they're right. It is. If this podcast can be a part of helping you find that strength and healing through God's word, it would be wonderful. Please, <laughs> if this is you, feel free to reach out. Anytime. And lastly, if the idea of self-love, self-respect, right? If this is something that you've been struggling with, that idea of it, please remember that God, who has been working tirelessly for the past 6,000 years to reconnect with creation, wants to do so through you. I believe that this is why you are listening to this message right now, wherever you are. We have many ups and downs in life and none of our backgrounds are the same. None of our experiences are the same. We may not always feel precious. We may not always feel worth it or even loved. Our lives in this world have so often taught us that we aren't special. Not worth very much to anyone at all. These are real feelings. But that is not how God feels about you. For myself and all of us, all the MCs that you've heard before, all of us behind the scenes putting this podcast together here at Reconnect, we would love the opportunity to show you how much God has done to get us, that's you and me, here today. So please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you and offer you help anytime. After all, we are all in this together. Well, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please continue to like, subscribe, share in this new year that we have together and send us a message anytime, especially if you have that heart of, of really wanting to understand completely what God's word is really and what God's plan is through that word. And like we talked about today, to really have full understanding so that we can accurately express our love to God in the way that he's looking for Send us a message anytime so we can connect you to a means to study. And well, this has been Ray. And you have been listening to Reconnect. And we'll see you all next time. Have a good one. Bye.